New digital technologies are driving a step change in enterprise business transformation. At the Digital Twin Podcast, we explore the intersection of technology and business. What should your digital twin look like? Welcome to season two, episode two. Uh, today's uh, podcast is going to be on digital transformation post-COVID. I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there have seen a lot of news articles, um, some of the trends that might be happening um, during and after COVID and what will stay as some people call this the new normal, Hari. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening out there that um, will really affect um, how we do business in the future. And I think we're going to be seeing some of that. So um, I think, you know, some of the areas that are pretty prevalent that we're seeing is, you know, remote work is obviously one that's really out there in the media and, and people are kind of, you know, looking at what's going on there. Um, to me, you know, People have been doing some of this at some capacity, um, but during COVID, people are trying to experiment to see if this really is something that could be useful for their work environment. And I think people are starting to realize that, you know, the way we do things today versus tomorrow or previous co- pre-COVID were eye-opening, right? I think a lot of people needed a push to experiment and to feel what, what it would be like versus, you know, worrying about quarter to quarter or whatever the day-to-day might be. And this COVID experience that we're, we're going through today, you know, has really taken the task to a lot of these executives and a lot of these uh, organizations to really run through the, uh, you know, the rhythm of, of how this would work. And I think, you know, what we're seeing, the anecdotal evidence is, is, is I think people are looking at, at this as this could be somewhat something we look at as a future capability or a future cadence or a future model and how we might operate our, our infrastructure, right, or, or our organization. Yeah. Well, the, the remote work um, has always been around um, and the trend has been in and has been out, but the most companies have been kind of forced into having to evolve and adapt to the the remote work uh, environment, right? And so uh, it's not that they were not aware of the technology or they just couldn't adapt to it fast enough, but I think the circumstances put most every company in that position to be productive in a very quick time frame. And they had to do that in some cases, large companies, they had to do globally and they had to do that in a, in a fairly short uh, span of time. <clears throat> and so I think the, the learning the organization had um, are continuing to have as well as the, the employees that are continue, continuing to learn that they can actually do just about you know anything that they have done on you know on premise at an office from a remote site a lot of the times i mean i still hear my colleagues that have you know i've personally worked remotely from home for quite a number of years but i've had my, my colleagues tell me that they've found themselves to be more productive because they didn't have the uh 
the commute and they didn't have to just to have the niceties you know you get right to work when you're in a meeting you know there is activity action right away so there there is a lot of unproductive time being cut and so th this is you know what i'm trying to say is this has been a learning experience for organizations both the leadership as well as the the folks that have been um actually you know doing the work and and, and being productive remotely so more than anything, this has been the circumstances that have led us to, to this. I think the technology has been ready for a very long time. And as you, you and I know that, right? Yeah, I think, you know, the technology has been there, but I think more so in the last few months, it's been, you know, as I say, you know, flexing its muscles to really see what it what it's all about, what it can really uh, push, right? And I think to your point is very well taken is that everyone is getting used to a different way, a different model, uh, mm -hmm. a different environment of working yeah. where your cubicle or your office is now having to be remodeled inside your home because you start the day from your cup of coffee to your office right versus you know big cities i mean you know give you an example a typical day for me could be you know 45 minutes in the morning an hour and a half on the way back home just to start the day and yeah i have some great podcasts that i like to listen on the road you know maybe i might you know miss out on a few of those you know luxuries and kind of ways of, of traffic and and how i deal with that but you know i get my time my time is closer to my family, to work, or to, to where I need to be. And to me, that provides a unique advantage uh, to working you with You know, your commute time is probably not, um, you know, very unusual, right? If you're, you, you know, I, I knew a lot of folks in the greater New York City area, uh, an hour of commute is just typical. And, and I, I believe, again, I'm not looking at the actual statistics right now, but what I know is an average commute is around 20 to 25 minutes, but that's just to get there. Then you settle in, you know, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of dead time. Yeah. You know, and so, so you're talking about efficiencies, you know, the, the necessities of working in an office, you know, the, the costs of, of having enough space operating a facility, all, you know, and you know, you get a lot of people that have office space that don't, aren't utilizing these spaces because you know you're starting to see these remote and shared spaces kind of really elevating their game because there is a necessity and as you start talking about the gig economy the freelancers the con contract work that's all available and around us you know how does that change the dynamics of traditional full-time employees and and you know how you you work through that you know new environment of opportunity becomes much more available to these full-time employees to say hey maybe i can split my time up between different things for the exact tasks or functions that you require of me and you know this think, is kind of a unique space right I mean, you brought up, you brought up an amazing topic and i think this is good this is an area that i think we're going to see a significant shift in is the um the upworks of the world the fibers of the world where 
you can best you can get your best talent no matter where they reside in the world you have access to them right and if you're an organization that believed that you needed to have these folks inside of the facility face to face interacting with the rest of your team but they suddenly realize that hey they don't need to be in the office they don't need to be in in downtown new york city or downtown you know atlanta or downtown san francisco suddenly the world opens up the opportunity to hire somebody uh, the best of the best whether they are located in you know any parts of the us or canada or brazil or japan or france as long as you can get through the 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 language barriers right if you can get your best talent anywhere in the world which is what a company like upwork would offer right um doesn't that open up a, a whole world of possibilities for companies i think it does i think it does you know it it changes it changes things right but you know to be honest it changes things in a much more the way i look at it is it changes things in a much more um flexible convenient way but what this forces what this will force is absolute clarity and task responsibility and task delegation to mm -hmm. these individuals to be very clear on what is expected right so clarity is going to be a very big big and clear um, you know requirement for this to be successful for having multiple people work on different things because as you know in organizations when there's no clarity for people that are even you know working there full time for years you know things can get lost in communication Absolutely. and the communication is going to have to be much more sharp much more clear much more focused that this environment can thrive um and you start to get into you know some of the things of of what's proprietary what's not and how much do you do you share not share so that all that that will also play into effect but uh for the mundane tasks for the things that are very clear that are expected of certain people or or certain uh, tasks within different functions of the business and the value chain you might find some synergies there mm, and i think I um, it can be very unique um so it could be a good thing. It could be a really good thing for organizations yeah. to be, you know, while there's resources available at a nice, unique, maybe abundance price, we need to be very clear on what we want to deliver. Yeah. Uh, so it could be a twofold. So another branch of remote work that we didn't touch on is um, the experts. No matter what area of expertise or, or specialty, the experts could reside anywhere, right? Now that the remote work and the ability to have access to an expert, regardless of where they're located, right? Now, we're worth maybe thinking of fundamental tool sets like voiceover IP, you know, the Zoom, the Skypes of the world, right? But if you think about that even, or expand that further into augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, tools that you can use to have an expert be present right with you whether you're in a manufacturing floor or you're in a refinery whether you're in a hospital have someone walk you through with the same you know visibility visuals and the sounds that's powerful and that's that's another area that's 
you know, gaining a lot of traction. And it has already been. But you see how you know, a post-COVID world can kind so like of... like a sidekick. You have a absolutely. sidekick right by you. You know, a sidekick to really help guide, you know, the the evolution of a training of, a, of an individual that's doing certain tasks or might be trying to elevate their... Uh, their you know learnings within certain focused areas I mean, or avoid a... travel you're uh, you're you're in a remote facility and the expert is located in another state another country another town and you know if if there is a need for you to limit travel or completely you know eliminate travel here's the opportunity it's not just a phone call it's not just a video call you now have the ability to see what that person is seeing in the field, just exactly what they see, and be able to provide that assistance as a first-hand helper or could be providing training, like you said. And it could be coming from a vendor. It could be coming from a, an SME at a corporate facility. It could be establishing standards and safety and operations from a, an enterprise corporate level, globally, right? I mean, the opportunity is endless, right? And, and so that realization that all of these tool sets were available to us and now can be leveraged to, you know, to, to protect their people, protect the employees, keep them safe, limit travel, but also at the same time be productive, right? And, and have a much more productive team in an organization, reduce cost. I mean, that's, that's all added benefits. Yeah, I see, um, you know, one big thing other than just remote work is, you know, how people are learning today. I mean, you know, during this two to three month experiment, I mean, yeah, things have to go on. I mean, you'd be surprised how much force and fortitude that it's it, that how quickly big organizations have transformed just to be able to deliver on their obligation. It's a necessity. Yep. So we've actually seen the acceleration of a lot of these technologies and trends of necessity being run through the, uh, you know, the beta, the POC, the whatever you want to call it phase to full implementation because they need to. Right. And, that is a trend that I think we're going to start to see a little bit of more traction than we would normally not see. I think that's one that's really going to be here to to figure its spot. I, I think there's going to be some play there that, that yeah. oh, you know, this post-COVID world, I think we're really going to see something develop on that track. Um, how it evolves, we'll see. But I think it's going to be something that's going to definitely be uh, um, something to think it's about. It's to stay. Yeah, it is. I think. I mean, I mean, what have you experienced? Have you seen some of those? You know, some of your your colleagues, or even some of the kids. You know, like that are working remote. We, we even daycare. I mean, as far yeah. as daycare, daycare is offering remote learning to you know kids that are you know in daycare. Can you imagine how far that's gone? You know, and how much an individual daycare can reach their business yeah. outside of the confines of their geographical location if they have great content and the kids are actually learning from it. Yeah. And that's, so, I mean, to, to, you know, you mentioned a, a good point. It's, it's an area of, 
a massive uh, acceleration is remote learning, right? Just about every university, every educational institution, whether you're uh, an established, you know, university or a small school, everyone is trying to figure out how to establish a remote learning system that's effective, that's smooth, that's predictable, that's reliable, um, with the real outcome in mind. Right? We have kids today sitting at home and we need to have, uh, uh, you know, again, we don't know what the future holds for us, right? I mean, we're in a good st- you know, state of the economy at the moment, given where we are with COVID, but we just don't know the future. Um, whether it's COVID or another calamity that hits us, we need to be prepared. So I, I think that realization has hit every organization every every educational institution and and you've all, you also see a large number of companies that that are either beefing up their offerings or coming up with new and and innovative uh, solutions to help solve that you know that that problem because that's also here to stay um i think i think there is a clear realization that um education can be had at a relatively lower cost which it's going to be interesting to see, you know, there's been a lot of, um, up, you know, uh, 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 I would say uh, controversy around the cost of education in the university, right? And, and, and um, higher education and how, you know, how that doesn't really connect quite well with, you know, what people are earning and their, their, their cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. So now you add this a complete different variable to this, and and uh, you know create affordable, lower cost education delivered live, and in an effective way, and can get you to a similar or closer outcome. Now now we're you know challenging our own societal norms and 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 uh, systems, right? And that's somewhere you know, here to stay as well. I think you hit in a very you know, for me, this is a very interesting topic because what value? You start to look at the value and you start to put money to it, right? Whether it's it's education, whether it's remote working, um, you know, you start to, to hear, well, should we reduce the cost to the employee because they're not driving as much to the office of what we pay people? because of the, the perceived new realities and cost savings. Should we pass that over to the individual? Or should you know companies look at it as a value or a tool that's being able to attract talent that may like these types of arrangements, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're gonna be struggling, not struggling with that, but that's the question that's gonna be asked and it's gonna be filtering through, same with education. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is a transition period, right? We start to really ask ourselves, what are we really getting from a value What's okay? Point of, yeah, that's what's right. Okay? What are we really getting? Yeah. And what are we really pricing or valuing these things at? And how much is that worth, right? Yeah. And so if, if the interaction on campus, campus is, is, is what's valuable. Gonna, yeah, it is valuable. No question, right? But how much is it worth? Right? That's true. I think we that's, as a, we as a society we're now testing it, right? That's that's this is a very interesting space because we are going to now let 
the market decide what is valuable, what is not, at some ex to some extent. And that, and that's you know? a clear outcome of COVID. Yeah. And we know for a fact there are some universities, uh, and I don't know any in the U.S. that have done this, but uh, in Europe that have established uh, remote learning for the next uh, academic year. That's wow. a significant change. Are you going to continue to charge uh, the same tuition? Would that make sense? Would that would that be same value? But what is value? Is it the, is a certificate the value? Is is a degree from, you know, uh, Harvard or MIT? Is that what matters? And so with the price, well, is of, that the value or is the outcome the value? Well, that's a again. These are questions that are going well, to be. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're we're starting to interlace qualified people to do certain tasks in this environment of remote working or remote availability of resources all over the world. If you have an MBA grad out of Harvard versus a non-graduate from, you know, from a different part of the world that can do the same task effectively, how would that ultimately affect a, an organization on how they actually do things? If they find someone that is so good at the task and so good at doing what they do and they haven't had the proper training or formal education, but they can do it well. What would, what would stop them from getting the outcome or the result that they desire yeah. at a price that they want versus something that is, you know, a traditional norm. It's definitely a topic for discussion. It's a complex one. I think right? so. It's yeah. a very complex, it's a complex discussion. one because but I think it's you could grapple. Yeah. You could, you, you're then fundamentally questioning the value of education for multiple years in college, right? Yeah, uh, what is that providing an individual? How does that prepare that person to uh, go to workforce? And does that person, you know, is that person enabled to do better? Or are they, are they equipped to do better than a, in a, a person that maybe self-learned um, coding and management and whatever fields you're in, right? But the, the question here is, is that democratization of learning happening just the same way an Upwork is making skills, high, highly desirable skills and talented people available to anybody regardless of whether you're Google or whether you're a startup and you're getting that, getting access to that resource and that level of talent pool at a, you know, as a, as a freelancer, right? As a freelance contract. Well, you, you pose a very interesting point there, right? So really what we're talking about here is the barriers to entry to anyone who wants to do something great to have access to talent that is accessible in a way that has never been in the before and no. in, in the past before. Right. So you're really in, in certain ways, you know, how information and the internet came about is the talent that was only available to certain organizations and people that can afford it can now be available to anybody that says, Hey, I want to get into this game. And I can now pick and choose how I want to get into this game at a much more flexible and nimble yeah, way absolutely. that I have never seen before in my life. If I Every, wanna... Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Guess what? You can. All you need to know 
where can I find the resources to help me do A, B, and C? And the more clear I am what, what, what A, B, and C is, the more effective and the more, really, if you think about it, the more they can grow this organization from really nothing from the ground up to something. So if, if uh, you know, if you're Google as an enterprise, you, you, you always had the ability to hire the best and the brightest, right? Mm -hmm. You could hire the best data scientists and the best full stack developer and whatnot. But you know, to your point, as a startup, you can do the same thing in a flexible fashion at a, at a, at a price you can afford at a reasonable, you know, uh, investment you have essentially access to talent that was once only available to big companies who would hire graduates right out of college at a fairly large, you know, uh, compensation package and, and nobody else could afford them, right? A Google, a, a Facebook, uh, an Amazon would pay the best. And still, they demand the best, right? Right out of college. But that doesn't stop a startup from having access to the best talent pool in the world. You know, this is very interesting because we're seeing this trend, even pre-COVID, of this democratized Absolutely. talent. And and really what we're, what we're saying here is that this COVID really is almost accelerated the possibilities yeah. of this to be a, a much more of a reality post-COVID, a trend that could be much more here to stay than we 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 would have ever thought and uh, what would that do to the education in, uh, uh, field oh what would, yeah, how would that impact it how would the how would the universities transform to adapt to a new world well i think the adaptation will be much faster because the means of adjusting and the ways that people get information is just hey here's a new way here's a new content deliver and everybody can automatically adjust in a in a rapid pace on what what's what's available, what's not available to them. Whether it's free, non-free, whatever. Yeah. Think about think about the 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 access to information. If you want to learn, if you want to be great. Yeah. Market should. I mean. Yeah. Again, pre pre COVID, like like you pointed out, some of these were available, right? I mean, you could find yeah, just about. Anything you want to learn, you could find on YouTube and somebody's teaching it most of the time for free, right? Um, and so this happened pre-COVID, but post-COVID, the question really is the structured education that we have in the society today, in the community today, how would that adapt to this new world, right? Or are they going to stay the same? Is that not, not going to impact them? You know, to be competitive in this this new space, I think, you know, we're going to be looking at outcomes, right? And I, and I come back to that that that, you know, somebody who's got Cost the value. best MBA that's delivering me value versus somebody that may or may not have that can give me the same outcome. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is market and demand. So this world. The way we do things will shift, and the value of traditional education, the prestige, may be great for appearances for shareholders and stock, you know, um, board members that can say, "Hey, you know, we got everything lined up." 
we're going to see a much more fragmented, agile world where M&A is going to be very active and technology and strategy will be shifting as fast. You know, you're talking about a five-year plan. Nobody's going to be talking about a five-year plan five years from now. We talk about, hey, what are we doing in the next year? Yeah. That's how fast things are going to be moving. I mean, and so we got to be ready for that new reality. And I think, you know, while kind of a little, I wouldn't say concerning, but, um, you know, the adaptable must adapt and get ready for the new world that's coming because I don't think a lot of people these days have a lot of patience. You know, I think our patients are growing very yeah. thin, especially as we start, you know, having expectations of information and data and how what's expected of what companies want and what people, you know, desire. It's only getting tougher and tougher uh, out there. So the evolution of companies and organizations to evolve to satisfy that, I think is going to be uh, a big uh unique unique opportunity i would say for a lot of people to kind of participate which i think could be a very unique thing um and a pretty uh advantageous things for people that have never really had the opportunity to do that Agreed. so absolutely so with that i think we we we're, we're getting close to our uh our, our time there for season two like i said if you have any questions you want to post up and follow up with us and have any questions please feel free we've been getting a lot of your requests um um through email and through uh, chat, and uh, we are uh, digesting that and putting those those pieces into our our uh, repertoire to kind of go over some of these new trends that are happening out in the space. Um, like I said, welcome. If you're new to the to the Digital Twin Podcast, this is Hari and Omar, and we uh, we really appreciate and uh, enjoy your support. And uh, catch us on the next episode. Yeah, and check us out at uh, digitaltwinpodcast.com. Uh, also uh, on YouTube, we have a channel. Please subscribe and uh, look forward to uh, connecting with you. Take care. Have a good one.